What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's Fit Identity Podcast. We're going to talk about being overwhelmed, and I'm going to tell you guys what I would tell the younger version of Mike today, as well as give you some tools that you will be able to pick from, maybe use all, maybe use some, that are inside the Fit Identity Playbook that we'll announce soon, and hopefully help you guys out with your Fit Identity. If you guys don't know me, I'm Mike Karpenko. I have 20 plus years in the wellness industry with workouts, home, fitness, you know, health, you name it. I'm in there. Personal trainer, coach, mentor, consultant to many companies. Uh, written in-home fitness programs for myself, for corporations. I've got my own in-home fitness program. Uh, I've ghostwritten in-home fitness programs for big, major companies. And here I am. I wanted to create a, another platform in which I could help more people and not just in that area. I wanted to diversify and reach out. And that is what is the Fit Identity Podcast is helping people all across their wellness in think, eat, and move. Now we've gotten through that. Let's get in, into getting overwhelmed, being overwhelmed. Uh, I think the first thing is the big shout out to my buddy, uh, Tanner McAllister. He is the one that said, hey, what would you say to your younger you? What would you say to anybody that's overwhelmed that is younger? What's that advice, Mike? And I said, you know what? I'll cover that in a podcast for you. So big shout out to him. If you guys are into dirt bikes, if you need clothing, you need if you're in Dallas, McKinney, you need some work done on your dirt bikes, hit up Hellbound Racing. Tanner McAllister, tell him I sent you. I don't have a promo code. I don't have anything. It's not sponsored. He doesn't even know I'm doing this. But uh, shout out. Go follow him, Hellbound Racing on Insta, as well as Tanner McAllister. So Tanner, here you go, brother. This one's all for you. So overwhelmed. Uh, I'm feeling it. You know, I think we're all feeling it, and we've been through it. And one of the things that I would say about being overwhelmed is no one's a stranger from it, and no one's immune from it. To think that as you look into a crowd, a sea, uh, a group of people, whether it's your family, your friends, an event, everyone's been overwhelmed. Everyone. There's not one person that doesn't have the overwhelmed disease. And there's no vaccine for it, right? Like there's just, there, there's no shot for it. Probably should have said that. I should probably beep that out so I don't get like, oh, medical stop. Uh, but overwhelmed is part of life. Overwhelmed is a part of the recipe of growth. And unfortunately, it's really cliche, cliche to say that you got to accept it. We're all overwhelmed. I will offer you up this. I mean, I think that I've been uh, asked this question a lot. They're like, hey, Mike, you always seem to have inner peace. You always seem to be happy. You always seem to be in a good mood with the exceptions where I lash out and go nuts, uh, which can happen. If I jump the line, um, let me just give you this as an idea. If I jump the line, I feel it's like swearing in church. Nobody ever counted the amount of times you dropped the F word in church. They're just like, he was cursing, he was swearing in church. I don't know if it was 13 times, 10 times, he just swore. So to me, it's like, just let it ride. Like if you're jumping the line, you're over the line. Just accept that that's where you're at. And then see where the cards fall. So the few people that have seen me jump the line, I'm all in, two feet. It's not uh, one foot in, one foot out. And anybody else who does that, I can appreciate that that's where you're at. The only thing I would ask is you try to manage jumping the line the best that you can because most things aren't worth jumping the line for. So uh, my management comes truly from when I 
left my hometown, Rochester, New York. And I think if you've listened to a previous podcast, I'll condense it really quick. I went on a walk and talk with a friend. Shout out Joe Bell Sr. His son, Joe Bell Jr., is a really good friend of mine. But Joe Bell Sr. took me on a walk and talk and said to me, hey, dude, we just need to talk. And to condense it into what it was, he said, there's two people in this world that uh, as far as managing stress, there are those that can and those that cannot. Those that can are very successful and those that cannot are managed by those that can. That was triggering because I'm like, I don't like being managed. So that was my first piece. The second was he had said that in the process of managing stress, I want you to think about it. If you're feeling stressed, you're feeling overwhelmed, I want you to ask this question. Is it managing you or are you managing it? And at that point in time, I thought about it and didn't give it much weight until the stress of moving and and living in Florida at the time. I didn't realize it until I was like, oh, I need that question. Is this situation managing me or am I managing it? And what I slowly learned over time is that just because I managed a situation, uh, an environment, anything that came up, an optical struggle or even greatness, that when I managed it, it didn't always need a giant plan. And if I was going to manage it, sometimes all I needed to do was put it in a bucket. Like, oh, it goes over there. I acknowledge it, I put it in a bucket, and I'm done with it. Some things, however, need a system, need a plan, and then need action against those systems and plan. If not, being overwhelmed is going to increase. So that small story in general is what goes through my head in a lot of situations. See, when I jump the line, there are times that I go, all right, am I managing this or is it managing me? And I can think of one recently where I was at an event and and something happened and I wasn't going to let something go. I just wasn't. It was was a point where I was like, I'm not going to let this disrespect go. And um, as I was looking at the person that I was having the conversation with, I, uh, I settled it and just said, I get it. I need to manage this situation because right now it's managing me. And I calmed myself in general. And I, you know, I understood what the situation really was rather than the disrespect that was happening. And, and, and I moved on from it, you know, and, and I knew that it was out of character for me to jump the line, especially over something that could have easily been managed. So, Again, see how being overwhelmed can can affect anybody at any time. And and I think that there's a grace period of while, while having someone be overwhelmed at you, just take a look at it and be like, man, what else are they going through? Because they really don't care about this. But getting into like um, the whole idea of managing being overwhelmed um, and, and what would I what would I tell the younger me? So the first thing I would say is that, you know, being a guy that's older now, you know, I mean, I'm over 50 and I keep saying that I'm proud that I'm over 50. I'm proud that I'm healthy. I'm proud that I'm fit. Uh, I'm proud that I built wealth. I'm proud of all of that. But I also understand that the younger generations, um, the advice that I could give or what would have worked back then may not work for them because there's an old saying, right? That what worked yesterday won't work today and what will work today won't work tomorrow. So you constantly have to be flexible and have vision to be able to see what you need to be able to use and develop in the days that will come. So uh, when I think of that and I think about a younger generation, I think, okay, 
let me just sit back for a minute and think, what could I give that's foundationally correct, that is timeless, rather than what's happening right now? Because everybody wants to hack it, right? Like, oh, how do I, how do I not be overwhelmed right now? And I could tell you I wouldn't be overwhelmed. Everyone says it. it's money, more money. If I had more money, I wouldn't be overwhelmed. Michael Jordan said it best, money doesn't solve your problems. It just gives you more choices and more ability to solve your problems, but it doesn't solve your problems. Um, it's nice to have, and it's great. Don't get me wrong. I don't want to live without money ever again. I don't want to ever go through couches looking for quarters and hoping I can find my gas money, let alone uh, to eat. I- I've been there, so I get you know not having finances is not a happy place to be, but it's not a place you have to stay in either. So looking back and saying, like, what would I say to myself and what would be the foundations um, that I would look at in being overwhelmed? Number one, I've been overwhelmed so many times for so many different things, like a various number. Like, we're, you're going to be overwhelmed for, like, multiple amounts of things, right? You're going to be overwhelmed in your finances in different periods of your life. Like you're not gonna be able to make money. You got rent, rent turns into a mortgage, mortgage turns into uh, college tuition. You're always going to be overwhelmed. It's just going to happen. And it could be weight gain. You know, if you're a mom out there, shout out moms. I, shout out to some of the toughest people in this world. They're moms, right? Like here we are, we're growing up and uh, you know, you have to go through all these changes. And, and then all of a sudden you're like, uh, I've got these giant body changes, you know, you develop curves and then you become a mom. Like your whole body changed, your whole hormones changed, the way you think changed, like everything you ever thought changed, overwhelm. And there's no handbook. I don't care how many moms write the right handbook. You can buy them all. Great handbooks. Great. Right. But every mom will tell you this, no handbook, YouTube video system or podcast prepared me for everything. There's just no way. I was overwhelmed with the lack of sleep. I was overwhelmed with, you know, nursing. I was overwhelmed with, with the cost of having a child. Nobody. There's no book. There's no tutorial. So shout out moms. And uh, I, I don't understand it. I, I don't want to even begin to say that, uh, that I understand the overwhelm of mom. But I do understand that there's cycles of overwhelm. And as I begin to look at you know, all of that and looking back and thinking like, yeah, I just had so many. Like if I look back on my life, there was the moment where I didn't know what college I was going to. There was the moments that I was kicked out of college because I had horrible grades. There was uh, moments that uh, I didn't have any place to sleep. I slept on couches. There were moments I didn't have a job. There were moments where I didn't feel I had skill. There were moments of overwhelm where I, you know, like, my my health wasn't good at times like uh, just a lot of overwhelm like seasons and cycles and and I don't want you guys to think that it's not gonna fully go away like you're never gonna be overwhelmed like my life is bliss to yourselves I'm not saying that my life is bliss but I don't want you guys to think that no one doesn't go through all of all of that the overwhelm of a car payment a new car payment you know uh and and again Bringing it back to health and a mom, weight gain, right? That overwhelm of how am I going to get the weight off? Oh, I got to go on a diet. 
got to go on a plan. I got to, I got to make this happen. I got to, I got to stop eating this way. I don't want to be restricted. That's not something I want to do. Like, uh, I, I wanted this, but I like doing this, but I love the cookies and the pizza, but, but I'm still overweight. And that's speaking me, right? Like, like I can tell you, I'm a cookies and pizza guy. And then it's like, oh, well, I don't want to eat this. And people are like, well, you're restricting yourself from the fun that you're having. And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I overwhelmed me in being restricted, right? So overwhelm just keeps becoming cyclical and all over the place. So embracing the overwhelm means that you're embracing change, that you're looking at change, that you're being, you know, in, a, in, in an environment that you are flexing yourself to your potential. Not being overwhelmed means you're comfortable means you're not growing, and that means you're wasting your time and your potential. So the first piece, I guess, is accepting the fact that overwhelmed is part of life. It's part of the recipe of wellness. It's a part of, of, of being alive, right? If you're not overwhelmed at times, you're, you're no longer around. They buried you six feet under, and just embrace it. So number one, embrace the fact that everybody is overwhelmed and everybody has it. Um. Going back to, you know, thinking about overwhelm, kind of like a, a system that I have, and it is, it's like a four-part system, and this is one of the first systems I'll give you guys to be able to think about, you know, what it is that you can use is when I'm overwhelmed by a very specific thing, there are four things that I do in general, uh, you know, I, I validate it, you know, and then I define its history, you know, I have a conversation with it, and then I manage it. You know, that's a very easy, you know, four-step process. If you're overwhelmed, it exists. Pretending it doesn't exist, it won't go away. So you've got to validate it right away. Acknowledge that this is the way you feel, and you accept that I am overwhelmed. It's okay to be overwhelmed. Second, define its history. Why are you really having the thought? Why? Then have a conversation with that actual thought and decide whether or not it deserves your energy. And then manage it. What are you going to do in the future? Or what are you going to do so it doesn't come up in this future? How can you limit that coming up in the future? So that's like one of the just like the first things that I do. Just the fact that I can acknowledge it, define why, and then decide, you know, have a full on conversation with it. Be like, man, why did that happen? Oh, I know why. And that requires you to be honest with yourself. Most people want to lie to themselves and be like, that's not why it really happened. It's like, it's like your diet, right? Your, your nutrition plan. I'm going to tell my trainer, my coach, you know, I'm, I'm sticking perfectly to it. Or you're in your app and you're putting your calories in, but yeah, you just didn't put the the, the cookie that you had. You're like, yeah, that doesn't count. It counts. <laughs> okay. So first level stage is kind of like acknowledging that, right? And, and, and looking at it and saying here, all right, what's that four step process that I can kind of go through to create this system to acknowledge and, and to get through it. Let me remind you of the systems that I'll end up giving you guys today. None of them are perfect. None of them you'll do perfectly every time. It's about the reps. It's about developing a skill. It's about the more you use it. Sometimes you'll get through two steps. Sometimes you'll forget a step. Sometimes it won't be good. 
but the lack of reps that you do and the fact that when you start saying, no, I know, I know, oh no, I'm good, I'm good. I know those people. I, I don't need that. I'm good, Mike. I already know. I know you know, but you look like a bigger idiot knowing and not doing. Let me just say that. So many people that I talk to, even some of my really good friends, the words I know make me want to smack them. Literally reach out and be like, oh, you know, do you? You egotistical little narcissist. You know? Well, if you know, why aren't you doing it? So keep that in mind of where you're at and think, hey, if I know, have an honest conversation with yourself and then be prepared to act on it because I think that that is a big thing. Going back to what would I say to myself as I also come through this and, and, and being younger, there are a few things that would help me understand being overwhelmed and accepting to say that I'm good with being overwhelmed because I'm worried about my family. I'm good to be overwhelmed because I'm worried about my financial future. I'm good being overwhelmed because I'm not in a system, but I need to fix that. Because a lot of times being overwhelmed, systems will lower you're overwhelmed rather than flying through and saying, I know I got to get this stuff done, but I won't run it done. Oh, I know what I need to get done, you know, uh, with my fitness, but I'll get it done. I know it's a workout, but I don't know why I'm doing the workout, but I don't know why the workout will end up helping me. Or I know I need a meal plan. It's like, man, if you know, then do it. And if you know, write it down. Because when you don't write it down, you don't have that visual ability to follow and check off what you need to do to obtain success so that you don't have that feeling of stress and overwhelm. That's why planners work. Planners are amazing. I know that we hate using them. I know they require a little bit more work, but planners help us use reps to develop skills. And until it's a skill, it needs to be a thoughtful rep. So if you don't have a planner, go to the daily grind. My friend Angie Belmar has one of the greatest planners in the world. Uh, it's all kinds of different ones. It's just some really cool graphics and creative stuff. Go follow Angie Belmar and the Daily Grind. No promo. I just like shouting my friends out. This is my life, you guys. I have a place, a platform in which uh, I'm able to suggest my friends and help them with their wealth and help them help other people. And that's why I do it. If it's a promo or if I have a code or any of that good stuff, I'll let you guys know. But as of this stage... I'm just out here helping my friends. One of the things that I like to do, I'm a helper. So that's number one is, uh, you know, I would say all of that needs to be said. I would say that um, don't be afraid of the unknown. Don't be afraid to make a fool of yourself. Don't be afraid to push into the areas that nobody else is pushing into. Like, don't follow. And I don't want to say this to make it a political movement, right? Like, cause it's detached to too much politicalness right now, but sheep mentality. Think about a sheep just for a moment and not turn off the political trigger. Turn off. Here we go. Turn off. Think about a sheep. They're great in the herd. They follow around. They hang out with everybody else. They do what they want to do. And then one sheep gets bored. It's like, I don't want this. That sheep is, a, is an entrepreneur. It's a leader. It is. And that sheep ends up like going off me like, I don't eat grass anymore. Maybe I want to eat some clover or I, I, whatever it is they eat. Or I, I don't want to be in this pasture where everybody else is. 
I want to be somewhere else. I see the mountain range. I want to go for it. And they go away. They start drifting away. Well, what comes along, right? The sheepdog, the herder, comes and says, no, 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 no. You need to come back in or I am going to bite you or I'm going to poke you or whatever a sheepdog does. And it pushes you back into the herd. Well, the lucky sheep that end up going off on their own, well, they could get overwhelmed because they increase their risk on their own. But they also could grow into the strongest, fastest, most vital sheep because they were able to explore their own creativity. So sheep aren't bad animals, right? But they do end up doing what everybody else does. And we've witnessed with technology the birth of some crazy platforms. And everybody told you this, right? Push into it. Do it. Do the silly dance. TikTok. Do the dance. Do like that crazy thing like a 13-year-old does. Boom. And you're like, no way. I'm not doing it. They're calling me boomers. They're laughing at me. And this is personal experience talking. You know, they're laughing at me. They think I'm weird. Uh, I'm going to take a lot of hate. Online, you know, judgment is so hard for me. But all those people that work through that had successful social media accounts. They've got a lot of eyeballs on themselves because they grew on that and then they grew to the next thing and then they grew to the next thing and the whole time they learned. So I would say make sure that you're doing what you want, not what anybody else does. And when you think about fit identity, I had this conversation last night with a friend of mine, is everybody's identity is different. There's no two DNAs that are the same. So the standards that you set need to be your standards and not the standards of the herd. If not, you're setting the standards of somebody else to follow, to rule your life. When you think that through, like, wow, that's why I'm overwhelmed. They're not my standards. They're their standards. Why would you set standards that were right for somebody else that, that aren't your own? So my younger self would be take ownership of my own standards and make sure that I set them, stop, set, set them high. I would also turn around and say, great, I set high standards. I'm going to be overwhelmed. My job is to set the standard, to hold the standard, and then evolve the standard. And most people think society sets a standard. And if it's younger me, it's your classmates, people in college, corporations, everybody else but me. And if it was an even younger, younger me, I'm worried about, or I don't want to be worried about what my teammates think in general about who I am as a person what I want out of my life, um, as well as what's going on in college and, and, and high school, right? Younger me will tell you this. The friends that you have in school, use this with your kids, guys. Use this. The friends that you have in school will get smaller and smaller and smaller to a point that their opinions never even mattered. And you'll look back and be like, I don't even talk to Brad anymore. I don't even talk to Julie. I don't even care. I don't even know what they're doing. But somehow their opinion mattered right then and there. 
because they exerted their standards and their identity on you. So I would tell my, I would literally tell my younger self, don't worry about those people that are around you currently because they're not going to be where you are in the future. Because you got high standards, you got big goals, and you got an identity that's yours. If not, you're going to be traveling their road, you're going to be overwhelmed, you're going to be unhealthy, and they're going to continuously change and just hope that you conform and you're not that type of person. So I definitely would say that to myself. And when I think about it, I bet, yeah, no, I don't really care about the opinions of others as much as that is cliche. Look, big picture, real big picture. So Tanner, if you're listening to me out there, man, set your standards, brother, because you're, you're an amazing guy. And, and then say, what are they? Then hold it. And then always, what are you going to do to evolve it? You can't be content. I think that's another thing I would say to myself. Those people that are content, it's not right or wrong. It was just never for me. Content for me would have had would have been the employee mindset. It would have been in a cubicle. Would have been going in, swiping a badge, grinding out, not worried about what I needed to do. Get a three percent raise over time, hoping that it outlives inflation, and I would be fine. Content for me would be my health and fitness. As long as I can just walk, I'm good. I'm fine. You know, as long as I can move, I'm, I'm above the ground. That to me is not the standard. The standard, you know, as long as I don't feel bad, as long as, you know, I'm, I'm not sick, I'm okay. Nope, that's not the standard for me. I need blood work. I need to make sure that I'm okay. My job is to stay on this earth as much and as long as possible, even though I don't have a wife and kids. My job is to support the friends and family that I do have as long as I possibly can. I'm a valuable asset to them. I'm letting them down if I don't. So having fun is one of the other big things, guys. I will tell you this. Like if you're not having fun in your life, just some fun. It doesn't mean like you have to push into it and be like, I got to make this fun. I got to live for moments. That's a big thing right now. Make moments. Yay. Act like an idiot. Make moments. Yay. You know, um, it doesn't matter if it affects my health. It doesn't matter if it affects my finances. I'm making moments. I'm living. Mm-hmm. If that's what you want to do, that's your identity and that's your standard. And I, I can respect that. But I think that uh, being overwhelmed is not having an outlet and not doing the things that really bring you joy. You know, and for me, if that's snowboarding, because it brings me joy, like real joy, skateboarding just around town brings me joy. Hikes, I really enjoy it. Spending time with my friends, really enjoy it. Those are the things that like, like make me feel alive. You know, whether it's my newfound thing is rugby, by the way, if you guys are into rugby, let me know. I'm so dialed and crazy about rugby right now. I'm like, it's even better than the NFL. I dare say it. Like it, it's seven on seven rugby is insane. It's so much fun. If you want to talk about it, you want to dial in with it, let me know. Let's do it. Um, but I'm watching it with a buddy of mine who absolutely loves rugby and I'm enjoying the fact that he's teaching me this and I'm like, this is crazy. This is great. Like I'm absolutely loving this. And I think that if you're not having that type of fun in your life, then that's part of you know, your overwhelming parts that you're having in your life. Like, I just think you're being overwhelmed because you're not having any fun. 
There's no outlet. And you're constantly like, it's about work, 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 or it's about my health, it's about my health, it's about my health. Too much of one thing makes a recipe, too much of one ingredient makes a recipe taste like crap. Tasting like crap is another sign of saying, I'm overwhelmed. So definitely you want to make sure that that happens as far as um, your your ability to have fun and being overwhelmed. So guys, also thinking about this, um, keeping clarity. Let me just throw this at you. I think there's a lot of younger people out there that don't have clarity and some of them don't need it, right? Like you're just like, Hey, I'm going through life and I just need to have a good time and I just need to, you know, get through. And if I fail, I fail. Cool. Not a big problem. I would tell you, if, if I was younger and I knew that I could fail and it wouldn't make a single amount of difference to me in my grand scheme of my life, uh, if I just knew that for real and I knew what that felt like for real as a younger person, I'd feel awesome. Because fearing the failure and thinking that I can't recover from it, and I don't even care. How many of you guys have been in relationships when you're like 16, 17, 18, 20, early 20s, and you're like, oh, this, this, this ends, it's going to be the worst thing that ever happened to me. No, it's not. Like, buck up, buttercup. If I knew that, like, hey, Mike, no, it's just going to be a feeling, and you're going to be fine, and you're going to be able to replace it. My dad did this to me in a relationship. You guys are going to love this story. It's hilarious. Um, I was like distraught over a relationship once, and... uh he was just tired of me walking around the house looking like a total idiot. And he says to me, he goes, come here. Brings out this map, puts it down on the kitchen table. And he says to me, how much, uh, how many women do you think are in Rochester, New York? I'm like, I don't know, dad. I'm all like, you know, just bent at him. And I'm like, I don't need your fatherly advice right now. I'm in the dumps. And he goes, just bear with me. And I give him a number, and you're like, I, you know, I don't know what it was back then, like whatever, you know, 100,000, 200,000, 300,000. He takes a pin with a little blue top on it, and he pokes it into the pin and into the table. It's an antique table. And he goes, okay, cool. And he goes, so let me just say this. And then he did it to Miami and Chicago and L.A. and Dallas, and he did all that. And uh, so there's these pins, you know, in this map. And he looks at me with this smirk on his face and he goes, I just want to make sure that I'm right because I want to be here for you and I want to be a good dad. You won the lottery because you grew up in Rochester, New York. And inside those 100,000 females that you could date, you found the right one that would be your everlasting and you haven't even explored the rest of this world he goes, yeah, no, I want to make sure that I'm right. Like, I, I, I want to support you through this process that you were the lucky chosen one, Mike. Like, like you found it in Rochester. Thank, he goes, thank God Dad moved to Rochester. Mike would have never found her. Well, there you go. He was right. Um, and if I knew that I was just going to fail over and over and over in relationships, you know, to get to a perfect one, great. If I knew that it was acceptable to fail over and over with my finances when I was young, great. I could recover. If I knew that I could lose ten, twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars when I was twenty one, twenty two years old and not have it be a big deal, that would be amazing. I wish I knew that then. Like really felt it. Rather than going, Oh, I know. I know. 
Um, I think that's another big one. Also, I want to say this before we go on. If I was younger, I would say this too. Um, time doesn't go forever as much as we think it is. Time's going to end at some point. So in order to not be overwhelmed, I heard this in a Joe Rogan video, was um, friends are like buses. You're going to ride them, and at some point you're going to get off. But family is always going to be there. So in that feeling of overwhelmed or whatever you're going to do in your life, I think that if you want to pour yourself into friends, and the character of friendship and, and understanding that friends can come and go, but pour yourselves in the character of developing relationships and what's important to you in a relationship, and especially your family, the overwhelm will lower because you'll share more, you'll communicate more, you'll be less fearful, you'll get more support from your family in the times that you are overwhelmed, whether it's finances, business, or relationships. But the fact that if you're pushing away from that, means you're hiding it, which means you're fearful, which means you're creating overwhelm of not telling the people that mean the most to you what you're going through. And I don't mean vulnerable and always be like, oh, I'm overwhelmed. Yeah, I'm overwhelmed. And that's what you got to keep telling. No, no, no. I mean, have an open, good conversation with your family. I mean, if you got a brother, you got to be a ride or die. You got a sister and you're a dude ride or die you protect her like anything else she's number one i don't care if your friends come around i really don't ride or die ride or die you got a wife ride or die you got a husband ride or die if you don't start developing those things your identity is not going to be a ride or die stomach that for a minute your identity will not be a ride or die. How could you expect anybody else to be a ride or die to you if you're not going to be a ride or die to them? And as you get older, those circles will shrink. And as they shrink, you are going to need to be able to have those skills to maintain the ones that you have that are around you, which are mostly your family, because they're always going to be there for birthdays, for uh, you know holidays, unless you have a family member that's a POS. I mean, it happens. We get it. But most things, you guys, that you're overwhelmed with, with a sibling, uh, most, most, they're probably avoidable. It's probably because you're overwhelmed and you're unwilling to uh, talk that out. So um, develop the skills, the reps that are of good character, of good relationships, and don't put your expectations on other people. There's another thing I would tell myself. Too many people put their own expectations on other people. Therefore, they're stressed out and overwhelmed by it. Well, he should do that or she should have done this or why is she doing that? Because that's their identity. Because that's what they wanted to do. Who cares? They did it. They're not you. How can you expect them to hold the standard that you have? Because they're not you. You're judging them. Have your own standard and live by it. That's what I would tell my younger, my youngest person, right? Like that is it. unbelievable. Don't put your expectations on other people. Put your own expectations on yourself and then live by it. So that's where I'd be. Um, I want to say have clarity. You know, um, that's another thing. 
is clarifying your vision as a, as a, a younger person to me is your clarity can change. I think that's the big piece with clarity. Um, and when you become clear, you become delusional and that's okay to be on, be delusional where people think you're nuts and crazy and they don't support you. Heck, that's what happened with the development of Apple, uh, with Macintosh, any big company, Uber, delusional, who would ever take on the cabs? Uber would. That's who would, you know, who would ever make a dancing TikTok, uh, an app called TikTok, TikTok would, you know, uh, become delusional with what you want, but become very clear. So now if you become clear with what you want, have a plan. And if the plan works, great. If it doesn't, find some, find a plan that doesn't work, but you got to trust in the plan. And I think that when you look at, oh, Mike, I've tried a plan and I've tried a plan. Don't keep looking at you failed at the plan. Think about you're doing the reps of now I know how to put together a plan. Now I know how to put together a plan that works. Now I know what works in a plan and what doesn't work in a plan. That makes you valuable. And at some point, compensated if you're able to continuously execute on that. So I would definitely just put a plan in place. It frustrates me when I don't see somebody with a dry erase board in their office that owns a business and their plan isn't in place. Like, what do you want to achieve first quarter, second quarter, third quarter? What's your two-year plan? What's your three-year plan? What are you going to end up doing? What are you working on right now? What are the things that are important this week or this month? What What are the sales? What are not sales? It frustrates me when I don't see that plan. And of course, the plan can change. But if you don't have a plan... How can you execute against it? And then how can you not be overwhelmed? Like, I don't know. I don't know what to do this week. I don't feel good about it. I don't know what to do. You got to carry it out. So first is the plan, and then you got to carry it out. I've watched so many people that I've mentored put together a great plan and just look at the plan and not carry it out. And that easily could be they're not passionate about the plan. They're not passionate about the decision that they made. They weren't real with themselves about what they really wanted because they're like, well, I want to be a billionaire. Okay. Well, how do you want to do it? I want to sell markers. Okay. Cause markers right now are hot and you're like, okay, all right. But if you're not really passionate about markers, how do you expect to be in it for the long term? And how do you make, expect to make it into a business that you would work passionately inside of a plan so you can make it scalable. So maybe you could sell it. The same thing about fitness, right? Your health, your fitness, your nutrition. You're not passionate about it. Passionate about cookies and pizza. You're not passionate about eating lettuce and celery. I get it. But maybe changing the passion to health. Are you passionate about your health? Are you passionate about staying alive? Are you passionate to be there for your kids, your family, whoever it may be? Are you passionate about that? Eat the celery. Eat the lettuce, eat the things that will help you, the fiber, show up to your workouts, do it, but be real with where you're at. doesn't mean you got to eat 400 pounds of celery and work out nine times a day, but you got to do something. So make sure that you're clear with your goal and understand that goals change and that will require a new plan and move on. Uh, the other thing that I would say to myself as a um, as a younger person, I wouldn't let my history define me. What happened yesterday doesn't matter today. 
It just doesn't. I, I, I don't care how well I worked out yesterday. I don't care what I ate last week. What matters is today. Whether I did something good or bad or something that I was ashamed of or something I could have done better in the last week, well, I have an opportunity to do better at it today. And that's what I want to be able to do always is not look backwards. I was playing golf with a bunch of guys yesterday and I go, yeah, dude, double bogey's like an ex-girlfriend. If you let them stay around, it's an awful situation going forward. Just put it to rest, move forward. So I'll... I definitely would say that history doesn't define you as long it's not a repeated rep and creates a skill. You have the opportunity to define yourself every day going forward with the reps that you do in the future to create the identity that you want. So that's what I would do with that. Um, uh, let's see what else I, I would think of myself. As I'm, I'm just kind of, uh, I think, you know, being overwhelmed is also related to knowledge. I think everything I've been talking about up until this point, right, is I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And if I did know, then I would not have as much overwhelm. It's okay not to know, but it's not okay not to seek knowledge. In the Ty Lopez, knowledge, right? That guy on the internet with, a, with his Ferrari and a bookcase in the Hollywood Hills. You know what I have more than a Ferrari? knowledge so the idea of knowledge uh, and i've mentioned this in a past podcast is pretty simple self-help is great as long as it doesn't turn into shelf help yeah think about that for a minute shelf help is a bunch of people who want to learn all this knowledge you know they're all about experts 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 but they're not practitioners they'll tell you everything you need to know about a subject but they don't become practitioners and you don't have to know everything a lot of knowledge comes from experience. As a younger person, you just can't get experience without time. So thinking to myself as a younger person is like, all right, what knowledge did I gain and then how can I apply it? What can I learn and where could I go from there? What action will I take against the knowledge that I have? If you're just taking knowledge to get knowledge, I get it. It's a hobby then. Okay? It is a hobby. Um. I think we talked about support systems. I think that most people don't have them because we live in fear and being vulnerable is something that we don't want to talk about because we think that people are going to be like, oh, he's, he's weak, especially in the mind of a male. He's weak. And when I say be vulnerable, I mean talk about it in an adult strong way. I don't mean like I need to cry about it and I need a good cry. If you need a good cry, find someone that you can have a good cry with. Eat bonbons, watch a, you know, uh, uh, what's that TV channel? Um, Home and Family, I think, right? Or, or something like the Holiday Channel, the, the Hallmark Channel. That's what it is, the Hallmark Channel. Get a Hallmark feel-good movie and just, uh, you know, cry it out. Tell your buddies whatever you need to do. Tell your females whatever you want to do. But, I, you know, I don't think that uh, being vulnerable means that you've got to, like, just break down. Let's, let's. Define that. Vulnerability is not breaking down. It's sharing to seek knowledge. If you need to be vulnerable and you need to cry and get a therapist. That's really the way that I feel. And there's nothing wrong getting a therapist. Let me say that. Those of you who are afraid of therapy, let me say this. Go back to what I just talked about. Knowledge is power. 
I've talked to friends with mine and they're like, have you done therapy? I go, yeah, I did it for a little while. I go, it was great. I learned some tactics. I learned how to do some things. And, and, and you know, and he's like, yeah, he's like, I'm thinking about doing therapy so I can use it against people so I can figure out tactics. I was like, that is a brilliant idea. Um, but therapists are there third party. And I think that they're wonderful because here's why I think a therapist is a, is a great idea for you guys. Unfortunately, when you have a problem and you want to talk about it and you go to a friend or a family member, their first instinct is going to be to protect you. At least it should be. If it's not, they're not your friend. Let me say that again. If it is not, they are not your friend. The first instinct of a parent will always be to protect their child. Always. That's why you see parents going off the rails. And be like, no, I don't agree. I don't care what you said. You're a teacher and you should do whatever. I don't care if my, te- my, my, my son mouthed off to you. That is my child. You ever want to see, you want to see what it's like about a mama bear? Touch their child in any way, shape or form, even if they're wrong. Touch a parent's child. Ask Cain Velasquez. Touch a child of yours. You'll see red. So, Understanding your support system and, and understanding, you know, that, that therapists are good. And, and I think that, that when you look at a therapist, got a little off on a tangent on there, but <clears throat> when you think about the value of a therapist, they're a third party, uninterested. They just want you there and listen to you. And then they offer up solutions. They got no juice in the fight. They don't even have a fire. You don't even stick in the fire. They don't know your mom, your uncle, your, they don't even know you. A third party, uninterested person, and I'm, when I mean uninterested, non-vested person, really can help you out in the long run. If you look at it as, wow, this is a person that's allowing me to talk through what I need and then giving me tools and perspective to change my identity into the one that I have inside my head so that I can manage and thrive to my potential. That's why I think a therapist is a good thing. So think about you know getting into a therapist. If you have kids that are getting into a therapist, have them listen to that little piece of my segment right there because most kids in therapy are like, no way, there's something wrong with me. So don't do it because that's the way I was. Um, but build your support system. Um, I think the other thing of being overwhelmed is goes back into we get overwhelmed because we don't look at the victories that we have in life. We always think that we didn't do enough. Like, it wasn't enough weight loss. I didn't eat well enough this week. I didn't do enough miles, burn enough calories. I didn't do enough. You did something. Start celebrating. You still could fit into a smaller pair of jeans. You still could lift a little bit more weight. You still showed up for seven days. You got to celebrate, guys. Like, you got to figure out, like, what you're proud of. If you're not proud of yourself, that's why you're becoming overwhelmed. Because when you look at somebody who's starting a business like Tanner, do you know how many people don't start businesses? Are so scared, and they're just happy with every Friday I get a check, or every, every two weeks I get a check. That's a victory within itself. That's a huge victory, taking on... And being like, you know what? I'm going to run a service-based business and I'm going to build a brand. That's crazy. Celebrate the amount of followers that you have. Celebrate the sales that you have, new customers that you have. It's 
endless the things that you've achieved. But we often are like, nah, lost four followers or 10 followers or, you know, I only fixed one bike this week. But maybe that bike was for a kid, which is that's his only outlet. And it changed his life because he just needed a place to feel free and empowered. I'll take that. Sign me up. Show me where I show me how I do that. That's a victory. So I think that, you know, the fact that you're not looking at all the victories that you possibly could have over, you know, the time that you are, uh, uh, are that you're here. So when I think about it being overwhelmed, I think it's because we're not in systems. I think that we're not having fun. I think that we hold standards to ourselves without communicating those standards. I think we're not excited about the standards. I think we're doing things that we don't even like doing. And I think that we're holding the standard of society. And I don't mean that in the political way. I just want to keep emphasizing that, you know, is we're not holding our own standard of what we want. And when you say what we want, I don't want you guys back. Oh, I'm going to be turned hippy dippy. I just want to go backpack the world. That's what I want. Is it really? Is it? I know it's what you want right now. But what do you ultimately want your identity to be? So get clear with that picture because your identity might be, hey, I need a pension. I need investments. I need to diversify. I need to put stuff away. I need to be okay. I need a house. You know, I want a wife and kids. That is an adult decision that you have to make in life. Think about that. Anybody who's become a parent, you know, um, there's a moment in time where you go, I'm becoming an adult. I'm no longer in college. I'm an adult. I need to be responsible for somebody else. Life changes. It's a decision in time. And then you create a plan around that. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, it's because you didn't make a decision and you did not have a plan. And the last thing that I'll say that'll really help you with being overwhelmed is this one. Become a decision maker not someone who carries out somebody else's decisions. It's okay to make the decision, and it's okay to make a decision that's wrong. It's your decision. Don't get paralyzed and think that you need a lot of input from so many other people in order to make a decision. Do I think you need to do your research? Yep. Do I think you need to have knowledge? Yep. Do you think that you should sit back and do the best that you can to forecast what you need to be able to do with resources? 100%. Become a decision maker. Don't be worried about the outcome that's negative. Concentrate on the outcome that will be positive that you can grow and evolve. So that's how I would deal with being overwhelmed and what I would tell myself if I was younger. I hope this guy helps you guys all out. Uh, if you have any other systems that you think that would be good for you with being overwhelmed, I am not a psychologist. I am not a therapist. I can only tell you things that work for me and things that I think foundationally will be timeless for you. So don't take my advice as medical advice, but please take my advice and take action against it in some way, shape, or form, even if it's one or two nuggets. Other than that, guys, you know, reach me out on my uh, my, uh, uh, my Instagram and, and any of my social media. It's always at Mike Carpenko. If you want to leave a comment about being overwhelmed, let me know. Slide my DMs if you want to have a conversation I can do my best to help you with being overwhelmed. 
but hopefully the Fit Identity Playbook will be out soon and something that you guys will be able to download and put into your own practice to evolve your Fit Identity. Until next time, guys, stay fit.